I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer. With its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions, businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by ChatbotPH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph It's really difficult starting a, a new business. I mean, it doesn't have any name recall. And nobody knows you that you're doing that, you know. And um, it's a lot, of, uh, a lot of hard work alone. Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Baitiong. Welcome to episode 47 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, I'd like to remind you that this podcast has adult language, so make sure that there's no kids around when you're listening to this. Because today, we are going to be talking about ice cream. And today, we have Mr. Paco Magsaysay to talk about the hustle 
behind Carmen's Best Ice Cream. And today we have a very interesting hustler because Paco did not have any knowledge of making ice cream when he started his career out. As a matter of fact, he started out as a salesman back in the States. Paco will also share how it was like being educated in the States and how that prepared him for the next hustles that he had to do while doing his first jobs back in the US. Paco will also share how it was like working for his father when he came back to the Philippines and how he was still able to instill the mindset of an entrepreneur and also garner the respect of his father's employees while working for him. And this is where it gets interesting because now Paco will share how Carmen's Best started out and how he was able to scale that later on until the point where he had to choose and do Carmen's Best full time. And as usual, I'd like to remind you to take down notes because Paco is going to share a lot of things with us in this episode, especially his techniques in sales, marketing, and a whole lot more that you can apply on your own hustle. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Carmen's Best Ice Cream, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are down south today, so but before we start, uh, I'd like to do a shout out to the venue partner that made this happen. This was literally last minute. Thank you, Launchpad, Launch uh, co-working down here in Alabama. They have two offices. If not for this, we'd, we'd probably be doing in a very noisy uh, place. But thank you again, Gia, I mean, Gia, uh, for, for letting this happen. Thank you very much. And today, we're talking about ice cream. I love ice cream, right? So we're talking to a, a very good pioneer of a world, I mean, a famous brand here in the Philippines, obviously, Carmen's Best Ice Cream. Welcome to the show, Paco Magsaysay of Carmen's Best. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for having me here. No, thank you. Because um, just a little bit of a background of how I knew Paco. I actually don't know him. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to the Adulting with Joy Spring podcast. And he was a guest. I'm like, wow, this is a super amazing thing. But I wanted to do a deep dive. Right? Shout out to Joy Spring. Uh, I need to work with you soon. Um, we want to, you know, I want to provide a, a, a deeper grind of, of what that is. Uh, you, this is podcast galore for you now. How, 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 how recent was that, that interview? I think it was about three weeks ago, two to oh, three weeks ago. Wow, yeah. so there you go. Ice cream galore. There's yeah. more people talking yeah. about this. But Paco, before we get started, and I, get to, I run my mouth for too much again. Um, Paco, what's your hustle? I make ice cream. That's, uh, I started the business in 2011. 2011. Yeah. It's, it's within the decade. We're at the tail end of the decade and whatnot. But let me just do a backtrack. I always bring my time machine with me. Just imagine we're in a time machine and whatnot, right? We, we go back. Because hustles are not made overnight, you know. Some people, they always just see the, the end result when there's something tangible that can be done. But it's always a, a, a lot of work, tears, sweat, whatever liquids you want to think of, right? Um, how is this built? And I want to know all the way back to how you started out. Paco, what, draw, um, Tell us exactly how you, what was the first hustles that you made? Were you really a businessman or an entrepreneur raised? How, how, how did this uh, journey start? 
Well, you could go back to as far as when I was 12 years old. I 12. was already working as a gas, gas boy attendant. Where? At my at our family gas stations. Wow. So I would work um, morning shift when I was 12 years old and, you know, like pumping gas. And Got it. Cleaning cars, wiping the windshield. So right. even when I was young, I was, I enjoyed working. Right. I, and I liked it. A stupid question, but as I'm just na- as naive as possible, but you are, are you coming from the clan that also does the shipping lines, uh, technically in the Philippines? It's primarily. Yeah, same, same. Same family. Well, yeah. But well, we're not, we don't have any ownership in that business. Exactly. But to have that kind of me- mentality of yeah. entrepreneurship and whatnot, yeah. that's a big boom. And I, I've, I've yeah. talked to several guests on Hustle Share where mm-hmm. it's the same. They've always been exposed very early. Mm-hmm. But when you were doing that at 12 years old, morning shift, you're barely elementary high school. Yeah. What was the th- thinking like did you hate doing that or like well why it was like you're just like dude i should be playing right now why why am i here no like, i wanted to do it mm. i mean it was something that i wasn't the type that you know hung out hung out with other kids or mm. i didn't really do a lot of i, I mean i played in, at night okay. you know, when everybody was awake because nice. I, I always wake up early i mean even okay. when i was younger than 12 i remember getting up wow like at Five five thirty in the morning. Wow! So, so my shift for the for the gas station was uh, six to twelve, six a.m. Okay. to twelve mm-hmm. noon. And then you know you're you're so young you can just take a like a thirty minute nap and then right. you're awake the whole night. So you're yes. playing with your friends in the afternoon, Got playing it. patintero or whatever. Right, right. So I didn't think that I missed out on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing something I enjoyed. I had spare money. Okay. So I was meeting people in, in the gas station. So, okay. yeah. But those early grinds or those old early hustles, what did that instill to your mindset? That, you, know, you, know, you can always come, come up with, okay, you know that, okay, we're pretty comfortable, but yeah. you had to go through that. And what was implanted in your mind by doing that? Well, I think it's important that even at a young age, let's say you have kids, mm-hmm. that you show them that you got to work. Right. You can't just, you know, coast and do nothing or right. wake up at 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. you know i mean that's for me that's it's not a good thing for me true absolutely <laughs> yeah so um even at the young age you know i i was training my kids to to wow. work to work yeah. so are they also the one doing ice cream uh, uh, during yeah summer or whatever they yeah. have free time? well they're helping me now nice they're already finished with school They've wow graduated, yeah no way you so look younger than you have a graduate no, no, all, I swear. All my three kids are graduated already. No way. Yeah. So Jaime, Mikey, and Carmen. Carmen's my youngest. Shout I mean, out the, to you. Oh, that's, it's Carmen's best. Yeah. Shout out to She just Laura. graduated last May. So wow. Now I'm, I'm done with my parental <laughs> obligation. Of no more PTAs. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I'm done. Yeah. After, okay, so let's go back into the, the hustle of doing that. And early on, how, what were, were there really mini hustles that you had to do growing up, like in high school, college, and whatnot? Yeah, high school, I was working at a stationery store. Stationery? Yeah, I worked, I lived in the U.S. I grew oh, up Oh, wow. There. Which and part? In Texas, Houston, Texas. Texas. Yeah. Wow. So you're a Rockets fan for yeah. sure. There you go. And then I, when I went to college, I worked for UPS, United Parcel yeah, yeah. Service. So wow. I worked with them for four years. Okay. As a part-time worker. Wow. Yeah, so that was a four-year stint, and wow. it, was, it was good. It helped me. Okay. 
pay for college. How di- how different is the grind being a student? I mean, that's normal in the U.S. to have yeah. a side job and yeah. study at the same yeah. time, right? But what also, like, I mean, there's no household help and whatnot. You yeah. got to grind and all yeah. that. Um, what was that experience like, especially in further implanting the 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 concept of you got to work for your your yeah. shit per se? Well, um, it's when you take college there your your load is not like the load here where it's right 18 to 21 units right per semester mm-hmm. there the load there is anywhere from 12 to 15 or maximum wow. 17 units per mm-hmm. semester so you have a little bit more free time right and uh, normally in that free time people will do part-time work or party the hell out of it. Yeah, <laughs> so, or party the hell. So choose, yeah. choose your choose your battles yeah. per se. Right? I chose to work. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And the UPS. What what were you doing in UPS? So be just again. Again, it's pretty easy to digest. But I'm pretty sure there's little intricacies that, in terms of details, that we need to know. Like, what are those things? Like, is it attention to detail? You gotta. You can't fuck the parcel up yeah. and whatnot. Well, you know, when I started in UPS, it was in the early 90s. There was oh. no e-commerce yet. Wow. So the number of packages that, was, that we were handling was not the same volume as what you would get now. Right. When you bump into a, a Lazada or a Shopee delivery right, guy right. that has 80 deliveries, you know, wow. in, their, in their motorcycle, diba. Right? But snail mail was king back then. Snail mail was, but um, it, so it was a lot of uh, commercial packaging um, mm. you know uh, business to business type um, packages that we had to deal with okay. uh, there was a lot of lands end and uh, a lot of uh, mga mail order okay one eight hundred numbers yeah QVC you right, call right. a one eight hundred number mm-hmm. or you would mail in the the catalog right, the middle right. part of the catalog then you whatever yeah, you fill out the form <laughs> and then yeah so it was wow. a very analog at that time yeah. what was the hardest part doing that um, going back because this is physical work did you have, did you drive around or were you like in a bike or whatnot no. well of course like during Christmas we would deal with a lot of um, Christmas gifts like you know like, <laughs> yes yes volume would be yeah, crazy mga pound cake and all these right, fruit right, cakes that right. you would get and so the volume during Christmas would be a lot at that time no it was okay. already a lot okay but this was of course prior to mm-hmm. e-commerce mm-hmm. so during Christmas it would be um, we would have to work a lot longer than usual wow and you know we have exams okay. um, in December yeah, and when, what were you when, taking up back then? Uh, marketing, I was thinking. Marketing, yeah. so it was really right in line into like business and marketing yeah. and whatnot. My, I know it's business. I mean, I'm really okay. business. Mm-hmm. In fact, I didn't even take culinary, so I just went into ice. That's why. And you mentioned that in the Joy Spring podcast, yeah. like wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was um, my major was marketing, and then I just I just kept on working, you know. And even it. when I got out of college when I couldn't find a job the economy right. wasn't so good at that time mm-hmm. I was working part time got know, it so that was crazy yeah. now after that did you go back here in the Philippines what did you do uh, I came back after a few years okay I worked for a company called MCI MCI Microwave Communications Incorporated Microwave so okay. this was when AT&T was disbanded and wow. long distance was no longer a monopoly 
Right, right. So right. eight uh, MCI came in, Sprint came Sprint, in, LDDS uh, came in. So right. we were selling long distance mm. packages to small and medium businesses. Wow. And I remember um, we were like a sales group of about 40 to 50 people okay. in the sales team. But we had different um, levels of packages. So like I was uh, handling small and medium. So zero to two thousand dollar billers got it meaning small businesses right got then it. there was another group that did two thousand to five thousand right. fortune 500 whatever yeah so oh, wow. so i was part of the smaller mm-hmm. team now okay and my motivation to excel right was to not wear a tie <laughs> right because i hated wearing a tie right right it worked so i said you know if i sell so mm-hmm. much nobody can question what i wear right Right. True, so true. my motivation was not money. <laughs> my motivation was not to get the it's highest the paycheck. <laughs> it was the outfit. I said, I'm going to sell so much wow. that I don't have to wear a tie. Right. You can't fuck with my outfit yeah. today. If I wear a denim jacket, yeah. not. So uh, right. I would work, you know, I would work Saturday, Sundays because wow. that's when small and medium business owners are working. Correct. They work on weekends. Yep. Right? There's no holidays and every day counts, yeah. really. And number two, I concentrated with the Asian businesses. Wow. Because I was the only Asian in the whole office. No way. So not many, um, there are not so many uh, small and medium businesses that were uh, started by, you know, Caucasians or... Right, uh, right. They're all minorities. Mainly minorities. Right. And primarily, from what I saw was Asian market, right? Okay. So that was perfect for me. Yeah. And because, you're the only guy. You're and I was the only Asian there, right? Wow. So parang it was perfect that I, right. I targeted that that segment got it so i narrowed down you know it's like you narrow down your market mm-hmm. and i narrowed down my market and said you know i'll have better success selling to other asians mm-hmm. than trying to sell to a white guy got it diba? where you gotta be different the style is different yeah the style is different and of course iba yung white to white person or yeah. black to black person or asian to asian person True. right so i had huge success with um Closing accounts for the Asian market, and I was, you know, for a few months, I was number two wow. in the sales grid out of wow. the, the forty to fifty people that in we the were. whole Houston area. No, for our office. Oh our wow! Office, yeah. oh, that is crazy. So nobody was questioning what I wasn't wearing a tie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing motivation. But this is ring. This rings, this rings a bell uh, with me because in, the, in my first startup, uh, guestlist.ph, I did that during college. It was my thesis. And what that does basically is get people to the guest list of clubs. Mm-hmm. I knew I could talk. I didn't know how to sell. So I joined this company called Groupon. And I was exactly doing what you're doing, SMEs mm-hmm. and whatnot. And that's when I realized also that, man, I can sell. Mm-hmm. I can persuade. Mm-hmm. For you, what was your formula uh, in, in selling? Because there's nothing if you master the skill of sales... Yeah. You can sell anything, per se, really. Well, you have to believe in your product first. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a, something tangible, something that you believe in. Mm-hmm. And number two, you have to be sincere. Mm. Because if you're not sincere, people see through you. Right. They smell so, the bullshit. Yeah, so <laughs> either you, know, you believe in what you're selling and you honestly feel that you're helping the person. Sure. Then... Uh, you know, being sincere, it'll make it easier for you to sell Correct. a product or a service. Right. Yeah. And then, but in terms of tactics and strategy, like for example, me, as I grew along, um, I've seen a lot of salespeople do this, where it's a shotgun approach, spray and pray. 
me, it's more, I was like, you know what? I need to qualify. And I, I, when, you, when you said, I don't want to wear a tie, you know what? Mm-hmm. My, the picture that came to my head was Jordan Belfort of Wolf yeah. of Wall Street. All, yeah. of, all of a sudden, yeah, we go door to door. But what that, I learned through that movie was precision. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Some, some guys will take 100 shots, mm-hmm. go home with 10 or 9. I want to be in 10, I'll close 9. But I want to make sure that these are all, in Filipino words, sure ball, right? You want, you want to be sure ball, yeah. right? You qualify your leads by making sure, are they a decision maker? Do they have the money? Do they have the interest? Because if not, don't waste my time. I'm not even going to talk to you. Sorry. But for you, what was your strategy like? Because for you to be a top seller, there's a formula to that. It's not chamba. Well, I had to try to understand their, you know, where they were coming from. True. And also I wanted to understand, like, if they were Korean or they were Japanese or Filipino or what. Mm. So I had to try to understand also who I was talking to or who my audience was. And then from there, um, just be yourself. I Mm. mean, you know, if you try to, to put too much fluff, it's not, it's not a good thing. Sometimes you get lost in what you're saying because you're trying to say so much. And also, it's important to listen to them. Yes. Sometimes they're saying stuff and you're not picking it up yeah. when in fact you can use it to help Correct. close a deal. Right? Exactly. So, you know, don't just be concerned about what you're going to push or what you're going to tell them, but also right. think of what information you get from them that can help you close a deal. Absolutely. And I agree because sales pitches, to be honest, are not pitches. They're conversations. Mm-hmm. A lot of salespeople that I've seen would try to hammer down, go through a whole spiel, don't care what they're saying, I'll finish this, and they think that's done. If they're impressed, oh, are you interested? Sign now. No. Yeah. You have to converse. First of all, you got to ask. Yeah. By asking, this is my style, this is like my trade secrets. By asking, mm-hmm. you're qualifying them, you're getting them to get a talk, and now mm-hmm. you, you see the weak spots that you can actually penetrate. Mm-hmm. If not, then you're, you're doing a one-size-fits-all approach, mm-hmm. and then... God knows what's going to happen yeah. after that. Now, after this, Paco, um, was, how did you go back to the Philippines? What, would made, what made you decide to go back? Well, my dad said it's time to come back. Okay. <laughs> and uh, he said he wanted me to help with the family business. Okay. And the family business was? Cable TV. Cable we, we TV. Cable TV systems in the provinces. Which provinces? Uh, Batangas, Quezon, and Zambales. Wow. That's a captive market yeah. right there. And this is the, yeah. it was just in the 90s where... We, we started in the 70s, actually. Wow. So my dad is known as the the pioneer of the cable TV industry in, in the country. Oh, my God. So that was the business that helped me, helped put me through school, you know. And This is prior to the sky cables yeah. and whatever, the signals and whatnot. And it started in the South. How, yeah. how, how hard it was? Because, was it? It's not like Manila where everything's literally, it, it's so compact where cables can run through several neighborhoods in just a span of kilometers. Here, you're talking about long, real distances where you got to put literal cables on to, yeah. to get that TV out. How, how hard was that, Ryan? Well, let's say our franchise was based on uh, per city. Per city. Yeah, so yeah. when you, let's say, get Lucena City or okay. you get Olongapo City, okay. you're looking at that area only so okay. you, you set up an antenna system and mm-hmm. you run it like you said run a cable down true so that was when the analog days mm-hmm. you know uh, we would pick up signals from Manila okay and then relay it through the a high antenna okay 
and then the signal would go through the cables. Got it. That's how cable TV started in the U.S. Ah. Yeah. And um, it's just like a normal TV transmission, but you're just putting in premium channels. Is that the? No, it's like uh, let's say San Francisco or okay. New York or Houston, okay. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Those are the key cities. Right. But everything outside that, they don't have a cable. Uh, they don't have a TV station. Right. So the the signal of that TV station can only go a certain radius. Mm. But if you put up an antenna, which is about maybe 50 or 100 miles away, then you can it pick up. Eh? Then you can pick up that yeah. signal and then rebroadcast or resend the signal. Similar the to those, that those Wi-Fi uh, stretchers that we now have, yeah, yeah, because yeah. some parts of your house is not being reached, something yeah. like that. Yes. All right, now let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk more about how you uh, helped your dad with the cable uh, business and how Carmen's Best was born. And but more of that after the break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. Welcome back from the break. We're still with the founder of Carmen's Best. Uh, how would you proper, properly call your position? Founder, CEO, uh, head? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I don't yeah. Titles don't mean, yeah. mean, okay. doesn't mean anything cool. to me. So I'll just call you founder of yeah. Car- Carmen's Best. But yeah. prior to the break, uh, Paco, you said it's time to come back and you, you had to help out in the mm-hmm. cable business. What year were, uh, was it when you went back? 
I came back in 93. 93. Yeah. So this was the day where Nickelodeon was king. This is the time where I grew up. Yeah. Cartoon Network was yeah, king. Right. I, 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 there's so many fond memories that I got mm-hmm. because of cable TV, because that's all we had. Yeah. What was your role back in the business? Because this was such a necessity back in the 90s or up to the early 2000s. Yeah. That, you know, if you had cable, you were a cool dude, then yeah. all your kapitbahais will go to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we can watch Keenan and Kel or whatever. Yeah. Right. I had to learn the ropes, of okay. course. I, I wasn't brought in to be a boss. So okay. I, I came in and I had to learn the different parts of the business. Mm. And then, uh, so I slowly moved my way up. Okay. Yeah. But what was the first roles and how did you say did move your way up? Was it sales by default because that was what you're doing from, 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 yeah. from the States? Uh, what was the early roles? Well, I, I touched a little bit on sales but not so much. It mm-hmm. was more uh, the other aspects of the business, okay. whether it was building a cable system. Wow. Or, um, so really operations. Yeah, operations side. Wow. Uh, working with uh, suppliers, uh, checking mm. you know, certain equipment. So it was yeah. very technical. But uh, you know, I'm not an engineer, so exactly. I had people help me with that. that so what were aspect. those early challenges for you? And what skill sets did you have to acquire to be good at what you do? Well, you know, the company had been running for the last uh, over 20 years at, at that point. No? Mm. Because it started early 70s. Eh. Right. So, you know, there was already a corporate culture. And, and I had mm. to sort of toe the line and follow, you know, uh, how things are being done and all that. Um, so, it wasn't difficult or anything. It was just, you know, a system that I had to learn. Okay. And I had to find out how they were doing things in, in okay. the company of my, my, my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it, that's how it was. Because I've, the reason why I wanted to ask is I've seen also in c- certain companies where there's heirs in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, in the whole system, yeah. right? And the heir is not, wasn't there from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, some resistance from, from, from the staff. Yeah. Did you ever have that? And how did you combat that, that resistance from them? Well, you know, when, when you say from the start, I mean, when the company started, it was early 70s. Right, so right. I wasn't even 10 years old. Yeah. So, talagang the, the second generation will not be really active True. yet. No? Like when I started Carmen's Best in 2011, mm-hmm. which was about um, eight years ago, right. how old were my kids then? Yeah. Right? So, Carmen was not even 14, 13, 14 years old. You know? right. So, you couldn't really expect them to come in and, and, and right. help out. But um, I guess it really also depends how the son of the boss, the SOB, yeah. <laughs> the son of the boss or the daughter of the boss yeah. comes in and how they, how they treat the staff. COO, child of honor. Child of honor, there you go. <laughs> how they treat the staff, how right. they're able to sort of, you know, come in and not really rock the boat so much. Exactly. So, yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of a... Um, Sagawar, per se, and whatnot. Yeah, rift, you know. Yeah, but then right. at the end of the day, um, it's really the personality of the... Yes. The you have to win them over generation. and get, get, get yeah. that respect yeah. as yeah. well. Because if not, it's going to be a really... It's going to be a very rocky... Yeah. It's borderline yeah. imploding. Yeah. Because they're going to be like, why, why am I going to follow this COO? Yeah. Cup? 
child of honor. Right. Uh, they also think that you know you're there to take their job. You know? mm, so exactly. If, if you make it clear that you know if they teach you what they're doing, it's not like you're gonna replace them or no. something. You know, or they're gonna be let go. True. Uh, I mean, there's always a place for good people in a company, right? So whether they're you know in accounting or in mm. operations or or what what have you. Mm. Um, Number one for me is the attitude there. Yes. So if you have somebody who's a smart ass, mm-hmm. it's hard to have them in the company. Sure. But if you see somebody who's you know a team player, willing to do what it takes to you know get get the job done and humble. Yeah. So yeah. you know, there's always a place for good people. Okay. Now, when you said you claim up directs, you started doing operations. What was the end role when you started? now doing Carmen and how did Carmen's best come into the picture because I remember you tell, told Joyce in, the, in, his, in her podcast that you started doing that and you had no prior culinary whatever mm-hmm. how did you even do the ice cream thing like what, yeah. what, what were you doing so I was already baking for my kids I was baking ah. cookies baking brownies and wow. fudge and all that so in terms of the baking or the, the preparation right. or cooking mm. I had a little bit of experience, although okay. I didn't take any classes or anything, but it wasn't too foreign for me. True. Parang yeah. it wasn't intimidating at all. Mm. Parang, hey, I can make good cookies, I can make good right, brownies. Right. I sure I can make good ice cream. You know? <laughs> so it's one of those things. And I just learned how to make ice cream watching YouTube. In YouTube? Yeah. Which specific channel? If you don't mind me asking. I like, don't even remember. I mean, there was just, just like random videos. videos on videos. We're, we're talking 2010 because we launched 2011, but I was already running tests 2010. Wow. So there was not a lot of videos that we could right, choose right. from. And not high quality either. Not high quality. But right. now there's so much that you can, True. so much content that you can go through. Got it. But at the end of the day, it's how you know, how you're able to adjust it to, 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 you, to how you want to make it, you know. Okay. So you'll get the basics of how it's done and then you just sort of tweak it here and there and then to make it to how you want to make okay. it. What was the first flavor ever? And how, was, how did that come about? And who was the first test, I mean, tasters? Well, of, of course it. it was me. I was the first taste <laughs> tester. But, uh, you know, the usual chocolate, strawberry, vanilla was oh, the first man, I'm three flavors. Now. Okay. <laughs> very boring, no? No. But this, when, but yeah, when we launched, we didn't launch with the three flavors. Ah. Yeah, when we launched, we launched butter pecan, okay. salted caramel, malted milk, and Brazilian coffee. That was the first four flavors I came up with. So when I first came up with our first four flavors, people were like wondering, oh, you don't have vanilla? Right. You don't have chocolate? You know, no, we, this, this is our first this four flavors. This is it, flavors. right. And they were like, wow, that's, that's weird. You know, I said, normally you do strawberry, chocolate, vanilla. And, but for me, these, these were my, like, these flavors are close to my heart. Why? Well, butter pecan, because I grew up in the South. I grew yeah, up in Texas, so dirty, there's, dirty. There's Shout a lot, out. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, pecan trees in, yeah. in Texas. and. Okay. And I grew up eating butter pecan. Yep. Dirty South right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Brazilian coffee because my first favorite flavor with haagen was the coffee ice cream. Yes. Which they don't have anymore. <sighs> Sucks. Yeah, I don't so, even know where to buy haagen here yeah. anymore. Back then, there was a Greenbelt One stand at the yeah. corner right beside my mom's office. Yeah. Always. And that's also on the other side, there's A&W. Yeah. That same strip. I was so happy to be there. Yeah. Right. And then what are the other four? I'm other two. 
The other two was malted milk, which, you know, growing up in the 70s, we used to eat Horlicks, the tablets. Horlicks. But when you grew up, it was more Ovaltini's. Yes. The, the tablet, the, yeah. right? So, but my generation was, it was Horlicks. Well, it's the same product, more or less. It's a, No, it's not the same product, but it's the same tablet okay. type. Got it. So, parang you'll act like you're dying, and then you take, you pop one in, then you become strong. And then anyway. you <laughs> <laughs> Right? Well, I mean, you think a sugar rush kicks yeah. in. You won't be able to sleep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, what was the last one? Um, Brazilian coffee, butter pecan, uh, salted, uh, oh, salted caramel. Salted, salted caramel, caramel was, um, it was, we were the first one to come up with salted caramel. No, true. And now it's common. Even now in coffee, there's yeah. salted caramel. Everybody has salted caramel. Right. But in in February of 2011, we were the first one to launch salted caramel. What came with that concept? Because I was very confused when I first started. Like, what the fuck is a salted caramel? Like, yeah. Holy shoot, this Sarap is good, pala, right? Yeah. 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 So the salted caramel was a recipe I found in the book where I get a lot of my recipes. It's okay. called uh, David Leibowitz. Okay. A Perfect Scoop. A Perfect Scoop. Yeah. Okay. So we'll put that in the show notes yeah. if you, you want to check it out. A Perfect Scoop. So there right. was one recipe that, that intrigued me, and it was a salted caramel. Okay. So we made that, and I was like, wow, my God, it's really good. You know. So, okay. so those were the four flavors we came up with first. And then later on, we started adding more flavors. Wow. Yeah. But, okay, I remember also from the Joy Spring uh, podcast that you mentioned that you had excess milk can you talk about that uh, what was that milk from is this a different business and whatnot yeah so my dad and his friends put up a dairy farm in Bai Laguna wow they put up a dairy farm okay so we worked with the NDA the National Dairy Authority okay. which is a part of the Department of Agriculture okay. where we they bring in cows from New Zealand mm. and then we would like literal cows alive yeah, cows. Those ones that were seen in the... The black and white cows. The, the, wow. Because yeah. <laughs> our yeah. cows here are either brown or white and they ra- roam around. And they're yeah. not dairy cows. We, we don't. There's no dairy cow in the Philippines. That's why you have to bring it in. I did the, not the know The cows this. that you see are for fattening or for meat. So, oh, yeah. they end up being food. Yeah. God. Yung amen is really for dairy. God so a dairy cow, okay. you feed it the for proper the, feed okay. and its body... Is built to make milk. Got it. Uh, cow for fattening, you feed it feed, and yeah. it will it'll make itself bigger Bulk. for the meat. So that yeah. it will become wagyu or whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, so its meat will you know, all right, get all right. more. I did so, not know yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. So they put up a dairy farm in Bay Laguna, and mm. um, we were trying to sell the milk, mm. fresh milk. Okay. Uh, so they weren't able to sell it fast enough because you have to milk the cows every day. Correct. And um, the shelf life wasn't too long. One week. See? One week to right. seven. One week to ten days. Wow. So th- they were throwing away a lot of milk, oh, and they man. said, "Oh, you should do something with this milk. Sayang, it comes from the cow." How much know. volume are we talking about? Um, at that time, we were doing a f- uh, maybe four to six hundred liters what? a day. Yeah, that's a lot of yeah. milk. Yeah. <laughs> but then you know, there's. 18 million people in Metro Manila. No, I understand, but still, if you're if you if there's an excess of just a couple of liters that already feels bad. Yeah. Right. What yeah. more if it's at that scale yeah. or whatever? I say I think I don't think Pinoy's understand the value of drinking fresh milk because we don't really have cows in this country. Eh? Right. 
Whereas, uh, you know, you, you see a Filipino who grows up in Australia or sure. New Zealand or the Netherlands. Mm. Or That's gospel the for them. <laughs> you drink fresh milk right. and look how big they are. Uh, they have the same genes as we do, but they drink the fresh milk and they're much bigger than us. Right. Because also, what, what's commonly available is the soft drink, it's the coffee, it's the whatever. Well, for the milk, it's UHT. Uh, and UHT is just made from powdered milk. Got it. Exactly, so Nido or whatever. I'm not yeah. trying to name yeah. brands, but yeah. this is what I grew up on. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm just five six. Yeah. Imagine if I'm if I drank milk fresh earlier, milk, and I'm yeah. probably six five. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what we have now. We have fresh milk now, God. which a lot of uh, people don't understand. That if you feed your kids, say two servings of uh, of fresh milk a day, okay. it changes the bone development. Really? Yes. Wow. Because That's why there's kaisoto, this this really tall kid, bro. We don't, uh, no, we don't uh, dilute wow. our milk with but water. What, a, like for me, since I did not grow up with this, I am lactose intolerant. Screws me up all the time. Yeah. That's why whenever like, oh god, this is gonna fuck me up so yeah. bad. I'm gonna well, being lactose intolerant is an, it's more of an Asian gene. It's uh, not because you didn't drink milk. God. But there are people I know who, you know, didn't drink milk growing up, but they love drinking milk now. I love to. It's just that, you know, on, on certain days, especially if I'm drinking on an empty stomach, yeah. screws me up every yeah. time. Yeah. The worst stories of my life yeah. happen because of fresh milk and I drank it with an empty stomach. My God, I don't want to talk about it. But yeah. So, okay, going back. All right. Uh, you took a really nice sidestep like James Harden on that one. But Carmen's Best, you had a lot of milk in the dairy farm. And you were still doing the cable job? Yes, I was still doing the cable job. Okay, now, you, 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 how did you know they had something special with what you made out of that ice cream? Actually, I didn't. Mm. I, I didn't like the idea that my dad put up a dairy farm. I was like, why are you going to put up a business that's so different from what we're doing? True. Like, it's night do, and day. Yeah, it's like right. night and day, right? right. So why don't you just get into a business that sort of complements what we have already. Oh. You know, like to make use of our subscriber base, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and also on. But no, he put up that. So I was, I was very much against the dairy farm initially. But one year after operation of the dairy farm, my dad comes into my office and says, can you help me sell the milk? Okay. Because he knows I'm good at selling stuff. Yep. So, of course, so I you, said, how can I say no to him? Of course. Sure, I'll help you out, Dad. No problem. Okay. I go to the farm. I open the door of the car, and like the smell of the cow dung just hits me. Like, oh. oh, my God. <laughs> like, what the hell am I getting into? Good here, you know? morning. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, oh, my God, man. Oh. So, you know, but now I don't even smell it anymore. But right. it's normal. You're immune me. to it I'm now. I'm immune to it now. Right, right. But I realized that you should be open to things because... Had I remained close to the idea of getting involved with the dairy, yeah. there would be no Carmen's Best today. Right. Thank God for those cows from New Zealand. Yeah. So, <laughs> so one of the things that I talk about when I, when I give talks is don't be close to new things okay. because you never know what it will turn out to be. True. Ha- give it a I, chance, yeah. Yeah, a real a chance, chance, right? So, you know, I, I'm glad that I sort of open myself to looking at this other business and uh, what we could do with mm-hmm. it. And we ended up coming up with the ice cream. Got it. Now, all right, how did you do the balancing app, right? Um, and how did you learn, I mean, take that decision, all right, sorry, Dad, I got to do this ice cream thing. What were the metrics or what were those signs that you look for that it's time to jump ship? 
So the first two years of operation from 2011 to 2013, we were just, we didn't have a, a marketing plan. We didn't have a three-year or a five-year plan. We didn't mm-hmm. have anything. Like, we were just selling it. We mm-hmm. were just selling the product. Mm-hmm. We where were you first selling it? Sorry. We uh, didn't know where it was going to go. Got it. In fact, our idea was to just sell it from the house and to sell it within the village, within Ayala Alaban. Wow. Okay. But then we weren't selling it enough. Okay. We were still throwing a lot of milk out, meaning oh. we weren't able to sell the ice cream enough to compensate for the throwing of the milk. Got it. So I figured I have to sell it in other places other than my house. ATC. <laughs> yeah. No, we Just went, outside. Yeah, we went to a little. Uh, no, we went yeah. to to Chitwan. What's Chitwan? Chitwan is Echo Store. Ah, yeah. the one near. Wait, 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 wait. In Serendra. Yeah. Right outside so the cross uh, market market. Yeah. Yes. So we went to Echo Store. We talked to Chit, and then they were also opening a franchise in. Uh, Centris, Echo Store Centris, oh, which is wow. on Edsa Corner. Kesel yeah, Kesel. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Laser Max was before. Yeah. Yeah. So we started selling there and, you know, Facebook was just starting. Right. And uh, we were using Facebook a lot to push our product. Mm-hmm. And uh, social media was really ramping up at mm-hmm. that time. And parang they were in need of content. And wow. parang we were the content. It's like ah, MTV. When MTV. You're the marquee. Started, yes. Okay. When MTV started, Duran Duran was all over the place. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? George so parang, Michael. Yeah, boom, George whatever. Michael. Yeah, so they kept right. on playing their videos. Mm-hmm. And so our content was, was going around and, you know, people like food. You know, right, like right. Ice cream. So when they tried the our ice cream, they, they would repost it or, you know, like spread the word, tell right. their friends and family. So, mm-hmm. So we really grew, um, we really grew through social media because it's not like we had any print ads or TV ads or anything like yeah. that. So how did you know that it's time to tell how and how difficult was that conversation with your dad saying, "Papa, I gotta go." Yeah, right. Well, I remember um, when I would come home from work from the cable business, and mm-hmm. then I would have to make ice cream at night for the right. delivery the next day. Initially, I would finish at 8 or 9 p.m., you know, because uh-huh. it's not like we had a lot of ice cream. And you were doing the ice cream yourself. Yes, I was doing the ice Whoa. cream. I was doing it myself. Whoa. Yeah. And then? Because I didn't, we didn't hire anyone because we didn't know it was going to grow. Right. It was just right. a mom and pop, whatever thing like that you're we doing. It was just like we were just right? playing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We were mm-hmm. doing it to use the milk. Right. Right. It's not like, oh, we have a three-year business plan and this is what we're going to go. We need this number of people. We need to get, you know, it wasn't anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But then when I started finishing making ice cream at like mm-hmm. midnight to 1 a.m., I realized that our volume was starting to grow. Right. And it just so happened that one day I went to, to Mass. I was running a little late and I, I was mm-hmm. in the back part because you know, people were seated already. Right. And this guy leans over to me and says, what new flavors do you have? <laughs> it's not peace be with you. <laughs> I don't know if it's divine intervention or... Like, who is this stranger? I think that's St. Jerome talking to you. Yeah, so it it hit me like, wow, this total stranger recognized me for one. Number two is asking me about what flavors I have. Maybe I should take this thing seriously. Meaning, take it on full time. Yeah. And I remember it was around mid-2012. Wow. And uh, so I said, I better find me the best place to study ice cream. And where did you find that? In Penn State. Penn State in Pennsylvania. That's right, because that's where Ben and Jerry studied. Wow. And they have a class there that's called uh, you know, the ice cream course. 
and they have it once a year and they've had it for well I'd say about 130 years now mm-hmm. they only missed one year when there was a World War II <laughs> wow but the rest they've had it every year Roosevelt this is your fault because yeah. <laughs> so right. yeah so I attended the class in uh, January of 2013 mm-hmm. but I already told my dad that I was going to do the ice cream for what was his reaction he was happy with it because yeah. I was going to do something that was going to solve his problem of throwing away milk. Yeah. Meaning I was going to buy the milk from him. True. Stays within the, the, yeah, the so family. Yeah, sure. Right. Go ahead. You know, by all means, do it. You know? So okay. he was very supportive of me. And, okay. and as they say, the rest is history. But before we take a break, let's take another one. Why is the name Carmen's best? You could have chosen your other two sons. Why Carmen? I wanted it to have uh, a woman's name. Okay. I definitely didn't want to call it Paco's Best because <laughs> nobody would have bought it. It'd be sitting on the shelves, right? But when you say Carmen's Best, you think of right. like an older woman. True, true. I thought, yeah. A recipe of an mm-hmm. older woman who's mm-hmm. making it and... Didn't well, know it was a dude. It was a dude, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right. at the end of the day, it's how it tastes. Okay. And it's uh, name stuck. It's, it's, yeah. it's perfect for what it is. But again, let's talk about that. Uh, the the next step that you took to now run Carmen's Best to What It Is and pay it forward to all our hustlers listening. But more of that after the break. Hey, hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Filipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoostTimeDeposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. 
Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, Hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with Paco Magsaysay of Carmen's Best. Now we know why, why, why Carmen's Best. It would have been nice of Paco's Best. Maybe you can do a spin-off, Paco's Best. <laughs> I'm actually coming up with a second line of ice cream. Okay. It's good that you sort of mentioned that. All right. But since we moved our facility, our production facility to Laguna Techno Park. Oh. Because um, we're halal. We're halal. Ah, halal so there. We deal with a lot of airlines. Nice. So now that the house is free again, we can start another ice cream line. But this one has alcohol. No. And this line of ice cream is called uh, J&M Specialty Ice Cream. So it's named after my two other sons. There you go. <laughs> I'm in Mikey. So, there you I mean, go. I don't drink alcohol. Right, but when right. I eat the ice cream... It's got soul. Yeah. It's got character. Mm-mm-mm. You know, I don't I don't get drunk eating the ice cream yeah, because yeah. the alcohol content is not so much. But it has a buzz to it. It's got a little buzz. Nice. And what type of alcohol are we, are we talking about? Macallans here? Or no, we, we use um well one rum? is the Kalua coffee. Kalua. Wow. For the rum we right. we, we uh, soak the raisins there for the rum raisin. Oh wow. Um, so we use also brandy. Mm. Um, so we use different um, types of alcohol for different flavors. Perfect, and that's a uh, sounds perfect because I'm now into well into my titohood, yeah. and before in. Friday night, we're talking about, I'm in the club, I'm getting lit, I'm yeah. getting fucked up. Yeah. Now I'm talking about, okay, let's have a good conversation. Right? The, the <laughs> significant others, the girls are having wine, I'm having either beer or whatnot. Yeah. But that would be a good mix, yeah. especially here in the South where the thing is, you go over to someone's house, 
you know, eat, chill, Netflix and chill, yeah. whatever, whatever right. have you. Yeah. Okay, now going back, Paco, you, you mentioned that now this is something that's scaling. Let's talk about the next step because a lot of what you did prior cannot be acquired because you're talking about different subscribers and whatnot now and this is this. How did you adjust to that new role uh, given that, again, you took the Penn, Penn State um, course, course yeah. but the business side, let's talk about what are those early uh, challenges you had to overcome? Well, when you talk about early challenges, it's really difficult starting a, a new business. Okay. I mean, it doesn't have any name recall and right. nobody knows you that you're doing that, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a lot, of, uh, a lot of hard work alone. 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 So if you're the type of person that needs people praising them every minute or every hour of the day, nah. don't be an entrepreneur. Because you're going to spend a lot of time working alone. You're going to doubt yourself a lot too. You're going to doubt yourself a lot. You're going to, you know, you're going to think, why, why, why the hell did I do get this? into this? You know? <laughs> but it, yeah. it really depends what motivates you. True. And for me, I think the fact that I named it after my only daughter, mm -hmm. and it was so connected to me. The brand yeah. was so connected to me that had the company failed, it was a personal failure. I saw it as a personal right. failure. So I did anything and everything to get it up and running. Correct. If and well, I had to work mm -hmm. 16 to 18 hours a day, that's what I would do. Right. I'd work seven days a week, I'd work seven days a week. Wow. So I wanted to out-hustle everybody out there. So that's what I mean, but you're working and nobody sees that you're working, but you're working. Right. right. And, and you're not after the praises. You're not after the praises. I mean, you just got to get the job done. And it's bigger than you and whoever. Yeah. Right. Now, how did you equip to build this team? Because you said, you, they always say, if you want to go fast, you want to go alone. But you want to go far, you have to have the team. Yeah. Right. How did that transition happen? What were those key hires or key people that you had to bring in? Well, the first person I hired was a food tech. Food tech. Because uh, you needed somebody who had, uh, you know, uh, technical knowledge of the food that you were... FDA compliance stuff and all that? Yeah, to help coordinate with that and okay. everything. So, um, so the, the food tech that we hired um, was our number one employee. Wow. And, uh, you know, from there, we just hired people based on need. Okay. So when the volume got a little bigger, we had to get an operations logistics person ah. when we needed to move to a plant we had to hire a plant person wow. so you know as as the need came about that's when we hired okay and as much as possible you don't want to so okay when you mentioned that now you have this and you had to scale what were what, what part did you automate because of course you can't do all of these things hand in hand especially if you're if you're, you're preparing for scale, right? What were those early things that you had to make, automate or delegate or with minimal supervision to do things at scale? Well, the production was the first that I sort of let go of mm. because I had to be uh, on the selling side True. more. I mean, mixing doesn't need a lot of expertise or yeah. chopping doesn't right. need, which I was doing before. Yeah. You know, like we chop the nuts. We don't all chop it the same size. Right. Half of them is chopped smaller and the other half is chopped bigger. You know, right. it's, it's all these little things. Right. All the attention to detail that yeah. makes Carmen's best what it is, mm -hmm. you know. So that you can train. True. Right. 
But then, when you start talking to a chef from mm-hmm. the Grand Hyatt, or you ah. start talking to people from Philippine Airlines, right. that's hard to train. Mm-hmm. I, can, they have... I can do that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. Right. So for me, um, stick to your strength. So if, if your strength is selling, then stick to selling. True. You might need to dip and help in other parts of the business right. because it's not like you have a full team. Mm-hmm. But your main thing is selling. That's stick your number to one your thing. go-to move. Yeah, stick to your go-to move. Right. I mean, why do you have to, you know, like take a three-point shot when you're not a three-point shooter? <laughs> exactly. So stick to your strength. Right. And then you hire to complement your weakness. How do you now hire the right people? Because again, there's so many. That's also what's confusing, especially for first-time entrepreneurs. I'd be like, oh my god. All right, especially I, I, I know I'm good at sales, and it's it's worse if you don't know what you're good at yet mm. at first, because now you're like. Who the fuck do I hire, mm-hmm. right? Or you think I'm good at that, and then a lot of people I also see is that okay, but I'm gonna hire, but I'm gonna they have they have shackles because you dip in too much and whatnot. Mm-hmm. How did you um, find the right people to help you in this journey? Of course, yeah, the skill set is one mm-hmm. easy easy to pick that identify that thing. What are the core values you are looking for? Well, I want to see if I get along with them first. Okay. Because if I'm going to be working with them, I have to sort of get along with them. Right. right? So we must have uh, sort of common goals mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, they're not, they're um, goal-oriented. Right. They're not hungry for um, being acknowledged all the mm-hmm. time, you know. Parang you can leave them alone. They can, mm-hmm. You can uh, trust the fact that they're doing their job, you know, mm-hmm. without hovering over them. Right, you know? right. So, um, I think when you meet with people a few times, because more, more often than not, these people have jobs. True. It's not you that they're not them. working. Right. right. So when, you, when you're going to poach somebody, you have to make sure that there's a good chance that you will keep this person. Of course. A higher likely chance that you will keep them because yeah. you can't get them and after three months say, oh, you know, it didn't work out, so goodbye. Yeah. You, can't, you can't do that. Yeah. So once you get them in, once you sort of offer them a package for them to join you, then mm-hmm. you better make sure as much as possible that you get along with them, Correct. that you have you know, common goals and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's more understanding human behavior. Yes. And the fact that I was in my mid-40s at that time, mid wow. to late 40s, mm-hmm. I'd like to say I had enough years under my belt to True. know. You to know, identify already to identify, a good... A good yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't like yeah. a 20-year-old guy that was looking to hire people and, you know, I was clueless as to what are the warning signs or whatnot. I mean, sure. I'm not saying I was 100% correct. Correct. But you had a good hunch. I had a good hunch. Right. And for, for the most part, I go with my gut. Yes. You know, and your gut's normally right. <laughs> if you feel that there's something wrong, there normally no, don't go. something yeah, is. Yeah, that's so, true. And that's yeah. what also said um, in, one of the, in our season two premiere. Uh, I learned that from Ron Ho. That, you know what? If I have a need, I don't care if it takes too much, uh, a lot of time, but I'd rather hire the right guy rather than fill it up, screw my team culture with a bad egg, and then everything falls apart. Yeah. It's, it's very, very important as well. One person can, can make a huge difference. Oh my God, yes. I mean, can, good or bad. Yeah, yeah good or bad. Can change the whole complexion of where you're going to go as a company, yeah. regardless of the North Star. Yeah. You know. um, now, the next question I, I wanted to do, marketing and selling. Is this your go-to move? Is this your yeah. strength? How did you scale Carmen's best now that you're not in the prod? 
mm. you're at your comfort zone and you're yeah. out there on the prowl. Yeah. How did you do in order to keep partnerships to get the sun? Because you couldn't compete with the Nestle's and but that's not the direct competition, but yeah. there's the Hagen Dazes or yeah. everywhere. There's also premium ice cream. Yeah. How did you position it to, to scale at this rate? Well, you, you have to sort of, um, how do you say, pre-qualify the people that you'll approach. There you go. Sales so, 101, yeah, that's my sell so too. You, when you pre-qualify, yeah. either you'll choose them based on low-hanging fruit, like who are the yes, people easy that you ones, can, right? Who are the people that you can get in immediately. Mm-hmm. Or number two, if you already have logistics going to Serendra and to Quezon Avenue Corner Edsa, what right. are the other accounts I can get in that area? Yes, CBN. Oh, that's new. So, right, parang right. anong an, for that certain radius? What mm-hmm. are the accounts you can get there? Mm-hmm. So that when your truck delivers, yes, there's more drop-offs to. Yeah, to, it's a more productive on. trip yeah, rather than so one-off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So those are the things that I always had in mind. I remember distinctly we had one account that was doing so well. They were selling, I think, 60 or 70% of our volume. And it got me worried that this person might one day come to me and say, I want this, I want that, and I want... Right, right. I wanted to flex and whatnot. Yeah, and I I couldn't flex because he's doing 60 to 70% of my volume. Right, right. So I remember thinking that I need to lessen the impact of this person. Should this person ask for extra... Right. So you're preemptive in what... what How did you do that? So I started getting more accounts. Ah. Para yung 60 to 70%, bumaba ng 40 to 30%. Correct. Because the other accounts sort of balanced everything out. Yes. So if it came to a point where that one account, which was so strong initially, starts saying, oh, you know, I want a bigger percentage for you me. You can take the hit because someone, there's the a buffer. Hit. Yes. Got yeah. it. So yung mga ganon, you always have to think of a worst case scenario. Eh. True. If your big account pulls out, if your big account starts asking for, you know, some right. special considerations, then how are you going to handle it? Correct. Right. And never ever rest on your laurels because it's, that's the scary part. When your bi- whole business relies on a couple yeah. and then boom, that goes away, yeah. that's where the perf- yeah. blood loss yeah. really leads to death and yeah. you got to be preemptive in what you do. In terms of um, going nationwide and you close the big thing, you're in PAL, man. Yeah. So h- how did that deal even come about? Like, so, with the PAL account, um, we were already in the market for a good four years okay. by that time. And uh, there was a changeover of ownership from Ramon Ang to, to Lu Shutan. Oh, yeah. So, when Lu Shutan bought back PAL from Ramon Ang, yeah. all the Magnolia was thrown out the door. Right. Because Ramon Ang is... You can't San bring Miguel. over your San Miguel stuff yeah, anymore. Yeah, no more San Miguel stuff right, in, right. in PAL, right? So, the PAL people called me because they were already eating Carmen's Best. They were eating wow. it for Sunday lunch and whatever. So, they knew about it. Right. It's not like we were a new product. We were, yeah. We've been in the market for four years. We've yeah. won certain contests. We've been coming out in the newspapers. Wow. People were buying it. Said, can you, can you supply business class? I go, yeah, sure. I can supply business wow. class. You know? So, that's... And then, tamang tama, the Pope came to the yes. Philippines. And then... We were the ice cream that the Pope ate in his charter flight going back to the Rome. Do you know where I first tasted Carmen's Best? Where? In the plane. Okay. Going to San Francisco. I say you ride business class. Eh? No, I was. I do not. <laughs> I do not. Here, here's the thing. I, yeah. I bought. Co- I booked for coach. Yeah. The flight was overbooked. 
some asshole so I went to like, hey, you're sitting on my seat, but it's like, uh, we are on the same thing. We had the same ticket. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, but well, you take this. And then the the FA goes like, no worries, sir. We have something better for you. Yeah. <laughs> they bumped me up yeah. to business class. Yeah. I have never flown business yeah. class before. And then I remember eating. So they send me, oh, what bread do you want? Brioche and blah blah blah. Like, dude, I don't even know all these things, but. And then they gave me Carmen's best. Yeah. Top of my net. Yeah. Like, 14 hour felt less pain yeah. because there, I had peace of home with me. And oh yeah. my God, after that, I was yeah. just like, shit, I got to have this. <laughs> no, I mean, I, do, I cannot afford Mrs. Class. Yeah. Shit. No. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I first did it. Now, metrics. Now, I want to talk about numbers. Uh, you came from selling to ops to now doing F&B. Those are different metrics you had to deal with in in carmen's best what are those numbers that you care most about without divulging too much because somebody might be listening here but what what's the metrics like uh, especially now in in this growth stage that well you're you know in? My, my biggest concern is we got to keep the company moving okay and uh we have over 40 people in our payroll wow. and you know these people have families right so whether it's if sales are declining mm. or if our costs are going up mm. or, you know, I have to just, overall, I have to keep the company moving True. because of all the people that are relying on, on the business. Mm. So there's sometimes it's an issue of lack of a certain ingredient or a supply or cogs or problems with the groceries right. because it's getting more difficult selling the groceries. You know? right. So it's not just one thing that we're looking at or one mm. part of the business, but you know, I mean, sales could be down, but you know, if it's still Balances better out. than yeah. others, you know, so yeah. So that's that's overall health technically. Yes, overall EBITDA. health of the company. Is it, yeah. is it that that's what yeah. you look at, yeah. right? You know, not the we work EBITDA. That's yeah. A, yeah. that's crazy EBITDA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a big big fuzz now of how we work yeah. look as looks at their EBITDA prior to do their uh, uh, IPO. Okay, last few questions before we let you go. Um, What's your secret in achieving your goals? I mean, this sounds so cliche and whatnot, but as a sales, from a salesman to a salesman, right? You said motivation. The first one was you just don't want to wear a, wear, wear a tie, yeah. right? And in the second one, it was different. Now it's different. How do you keep yourself going to achieving what you thought of as your North Star? Well, you know, I have a very... Um how do you say? I have an underdog mentality. So I always feel that I'm not good enough or I am not, you know, like I feel like I always have something to prove. You're chasing. I'm always, always chasing something. Right. You know, and uh, I'm always hungry. Got it. And um, hence the ice cream as well. Well, hence, <laughs> that's why we keep on growing because right. I don't stop moving, you know. Correct. So, I mean, I would have met you on a Sunday if I had to. Sure. So for me, I don't look at days off. I don't look at, you know, like, it's supposed to be a holiday. Why should we work? Or, you know, it's a Saturday or it's a Sunday. I mean, if it has to be done, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, um, yeah, it's, you just have to, you have to be intense about it. And sure. I know it's not a very Pinoy thing to be no, intense. No, no. You know? and, people and don't people, get it. And people don't like intense people. True, you know? so, true. That's why a lot of people, especially in sales, yeah. the ones that, are, that have been there, they're a hate him or love him kind of guy. Yeah. Like, it's like, ah, this guy's mayabang, yeah. hambog, whatever. Yeah. Dude, we're not. 
you know but sometimes some mayabang guys they don't really get to sell a lot because True. they rub people the wrong way too so nobody buys from them correct but yeah. people oftenly mistake confidence yeah. and cockiness yeah. and there's a thin line but for me confidence is saying without boasting and backing it up yeah. like hey I want to get that and I'm going to get it it's confidence I'm not trying to like, hey you know I'm, I'm better than you blah 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 yeah. once you start comparing and that's uh, that's being an asshole Right. But for me, it's like, you know what? I want to buy my mom a house mm. one day. Yeah. And I wasn't secretive about it. I wanted to, people to know, hey, this is yeah. my North Star. I'm going to get it. Right. Mm. And I'm going to fucking get it. And thank Good God job. I was able to. Good job. Right. So yeah. that's it. Um, in terms of the flip side of that, how do you mm. step back and relax? Because we all have our own mini escapes. <laughs> you know, um, your, co- your cousin or your tito uh, is going to be on the. 50th episode a few episodes from now yeah. he mentioned about you know uh, he likes having, riding bikes and stuff. yes yeah. it's an escape yeah. but yeah. he realized something just watch out for that the 50th episode is yeah. Joe Mag yeah. we have the Magsai size yeah. <laughs> but for you what's, what's, what's your, your, your escape to relax well it depends I mean um, it's hard to answer actually yeah um, I don't I don't know. It's it's. Well, lately I've been. I have a small Vespa which I ride around the village. And, oh, you know, it gives me that, that thrill. Rush. Yeah. So, yeah. for me, it's maybe riding my my Vespa for thirty minutes. Wow. You know, just to Unwind. get your mind right, off right. things, and then you get back and you start replying emails again okay. and all that. So, I think just do something that that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not harmful for you because some people say oh, oh I enjoy by eating burgers and steaks I mean okay. but then if you're gonna do that then you're not really helping yourself because yeah. you're eating all this bad food you know right right so just do something that gets your mind off right. work or you know just relax and all that yeah. okay now in terms of management style right uh, as, as a seasoned entrepreneur yeah. right you eventually have a formula also that you carry and how you yeah. you know treat people or how you delegate people what's your management style and what's your tip for people going through the same process of or probably the younger ones you know because one thing that really changed me there's this book that i read it's called you can't fire everyone okay it's for an accidental manager that you know you should be it just opened my mind and now it taught me management in a non non-classroom yes it's like just be human and be how to fire people if you have to go for you what was that management style like i I think you you just hit it on the head where you have to sort of just be yourself right so let's say me i'm a little bit oc i'm a little bit you know i look at the details so so i'll try to find people who are somewhat similar to that and then i can delegate things to them and know that they're doing it the way I, how I would want it. Mm. Also, be open to what other people say. Got In it. fact, I hire people who have more experience than me, mm. who have more experience in logistics, who have okay. more experience in food, being a food tech, right. who have more experience in being running a plant. Wow. Because I, I don't want to be the smartest guy in the room. Right. Right? So when you hear all the inputs that these people give you, Right. You, you'll have to sort out what you feel you want to do. Okay. Because, let's say, some of our people are from Magnolia. Yeah. 
and they're used to doing things a certain way, right. which they got used to doing in Magnolia. Right. Our ice cream is nothing like Magnolia. True. So if we're gonna start doing things the way they're recommending, mm. then it's gonna be Magnolia. <laughs> then we'll be Magnolia, diba? Right. So sabi ko, no, I mean, I want to hear what what you guys know, and right. then I'll mix in what what I know yeah. or what I think, mm. and then we'll come up with a a way. But I'm not gonna shoot you down because you're you're recommending a certain way. Correct. Or I'm re- recommending a certain way. I mean, I'll still listen to you. Right. But you need to get the input of people who are more, how do you say, experienced in doing what they do. Wow. Diba? Mm-hmm. So you have to be humble enough to say, you know, you got to eat some humble pie. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's bitter majority of the time. But you know, right. what can you do? I mean, if you feel that you're the smartest guy in the room and then you know everything else, then you don't need people. Then just Correct. do it on your own. And people don't want to work with people like that too. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the, the most, I've had so many entrepreneurs in this show. And, Every day I'm blessed to be interviewing you, and the common denominator is that you're you're all humble. Mm. That you're not you just you're just the one pointing the north star mm. and asking the question. Hey, would you want to come here? What do you need to get this done? Help me out. This is where we're trying to go. Yeah. Right. And and those things. All right. Last last two questions. Um, what's your secret in learning new stuff? I've seen well, what a transformation you've done. Like you know, UPS and all these things that's selling telco stuff, cable yeah. to ice cream. Yeah. What's your secret? Because you, you always seem to reinvent yourself. Yeah. And these are all completely new paths. Well, I as think well. I know, with, the, with the ice cream, it was something that I really enjoyed. Okay. You know, so I like eating ice cream and mm-hmm. it brings back a lot of good memories. And right. So I think if you get into something that you enjoy, mm-hmm. it's easy to be busy with it. Meaning right. you're researching stuff about it. Yeah. You're trying to take classes on how to be better at doing it. You know, it's a parang... It doesn't feel like work. You're not working because right. you enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? And trying out new flavors and this and that, you know. So when you do something that you enjoy, it, it cuts down the, the feeling that it's work. Right. And it makes it easier to, to be better at it. True. Yeah. Okay. And last question. Um, what's your secret sauce? I mean, there's always a secret sauce. Like, I'll, I'll come clean. My secret sauce yeah. through everything that I've done is whenever I, and I've learned this from Jordan Belfort, uh, Wolf of Wall Street, the component of selling that, that people often, often overlook is you have to be likable. Mm-hmm. And the way I become likable, and people don't know this, but this is a science in my head, there's a formula. I gotta make you laugh. Humor is my secret sauce. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's self-deprecation. Once I get you to laugh, yeah. you're hooked. Yeah. Uh, money, that's it, right? But for you, what's your secret sauce to all this journey? Because you've, you've been successful at three. Yeah. Uh, all these things. If there are some struggles, yeah. yes. Yeah. But there's, there's, there's got to be the secret sauce. Well, I think, I know, don't... I never put money as the goal. Mm. Money was never the goal. Got it. Like when, when we started Carmen's Best, I didn't have an idea like, oh, we have to make X amount of sales per month okay. for us to, or we needed to make this much money. I okay. mean, if I was so concerned with the cost or the how much money we make, then maybe my ingredients wouldn't be so expensive and it wouldn't taste that way. Right. You know, so for me, it was just, it's just seeing the bottom line in terms of, are we going to make this company run or succeed or not? Got it. So do everything 
do everything to make it work, right? So it's not really selling so much or earning so much right. or acquiring a certain material asset. Right. It's more about making the business run and growing it. That's that's it. That is amazing. Again, thank you, Paco. Appreciate it for thank for, you. for again. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I was so impressed with the Joy Spring episode. I'm more impressed now, given that we had it. I hope you had fun. Thank you. You know, this is this is amazing. But again, uh, Paco, um, what's next for Carmen's Best and invite over people to, if they're hungry at we speak right now when they're listening to this, where can they find the new Carmen's Best if they have flavors and whatnot? What do they do? Well, we have our uh, shop in uh, Power Plant in Rockwell. I was just there yesterday. Yeah. What did you have? Yeah. Uh, no, I went through. Rockwell, I didn't get to drop by because okay. the area on the other side, yeah. do you know the escalator where yeah. your area is? It's being fixed. Yeah, yeah. So I have to go through the grocery side okay. and park nearby. So unfortunately, okay. I wasn't dropped by. I know where it is. Yeah. Right. So we have uh, milkshakes and Sundays there. Oh my and God. All. But here in uh, Town Center, we just sell the ice cream and cups. Right. We're going to be opening hopefully before the end of the year in UP Town Center. UP Town, my God. Yeah. That's a, that's like a really in flip side of North. Yes. Uh, yeah. We don't have any presence there right yeah. now. So it would be nice to you know touch base with the, our customers there. Got it. Uh, online, can they buy any uh, Carmen's Best and whatnot? How do they well, get this? Our website, um, carmensbest.com, you can find all our resellers there. So okay. if, you can find out which is the closest reseller to you. There you go. Check it out. And if you... If you're not hungry by this fucking episode after this, there's something wrong with you, man. <laughs> okay, so again, thank you uh, for, for, have, for being here, Paco. And again, thank you again to Launchpad Coworking in Alabang. Check them out. Uh, they're you. really, really nice uh, offices. We're at the Commerce Center uh, uh, branch as we record this. And again, if you guys want to check out the show notes, go to hustleshare.com. If you want to see who's going to be interviewed next, uh, go to the Hustleshare community on Facebook. And if you have any questions or any kind of first tips that you want to get, message us on our Hustleshare chatbot powered by chatbotbh. Go to m.me slash hustleshare. And lastly, don't forget to support hash support 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 Pinoy podcasters. Go to podcastnetwork.asia. And just like Hustle Share and all the other awesome podcasts, we have to help out um, Pinoy podcasts and listen to them because they also provide a lot of good value. So okay, thank you again, Paco. Appreciate it. And I'll see you, you guys in the next episode. Oh shit. <laughs> Peace.